Is Star Cruiser losing its magic? Let's discuss. Welcome to Princess and Scoundrel, where we take you along our scrappily ever after from Fantasyland to Tatooine and everything in between. I'm Sarah. And I'm Steven. And we're talking about our favorite topic once again. It's Star Cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> we can't get enough of it. Can't. Can't get enough. The ship's so nice, we've done it twice now. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Right? We need like a bumper sticker. Uh, so yeah, we went back on the Star Cruiser recently, probably a few weeks ago, and... It was a different trip. Yeah. It was kind of not, it's not the trip we intended it to be. It's the trip we deserved. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it was, for me, it kind of felt like it was a spur of the moment on on a whim that we made the decision to go. Yeah. Uh, We were planning to do a end of summer uh, Disney trip because the kids are going to go back to school and, you know, we're going to Disney and we kind of just said, you know, as joke, as a joke, hey, let's go to Star Cruise while we're there. Well, it wasn't a joke. It wasn't. Don't threaten me with a good time, okay? <laughs> I think you, like, mentioned it. You're like, well, wouldn't it be nice? And I was like, so when do you want to go? <laughs> what date are we looking at? And I think within a few days we had it booked. Yeah. Which was, it was different than what we intended because when we went the first time, we went with a really large group. There was 12 of us total. Our family of four made up, you know, a part of that. And... When we left, the it's not kind of like a running joke, but we've always just said, all right, when are we going back? When are we going back as a collective group? And we just kind of took off on our own and we're like, we're going to just go back as a family. And honestly, one of the reasons why I wanted to do that is because it's more of a normal type of trip to be able to go experience it as just a family going outside of a larger group. I book a lot of Star Cruiser and it's typically families that are going or smaller groups that are going. And so this kind of gave me, it was, it was research. Okay. Gave me an, a glimpse into what it's like to go as a family of four. You know, when we did do the bigger group, we had, we were able to sit at that really long table at the very front of the dining room. And also you're just, as you're walking around in a, in a large group, you're, you have a big presence about you yeah and so this time it was more of just like okay it's just our little family like let's just go see what adventures we can get into with just us yeah so you had an ulterior motive is what you're saying saying it was a write-off okay (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) but i mean it really was like i obsess over star cruiser clearly but it was a way for me to to try new experiences with this to be able to Report back and give a give a more robust book report at the end of it, okay? <laughs> so the other thing was on our first trip, we did have our kids with us, but we were in a larger group and you took more of the reins on watching the kids and you, I got to go run around and play with my friends more. And so I wanted to make sure that on the next trip, you got to have that same experience where you got to go out and live your own star wars story if you will (laughs) and so i did more of the pushing the stroller and caring for our little one um just to make sure that you got you got to go do whatever it was that you wanted to do on this yeah i mean it it definitely was much appreciated because that was my 
my big struggle with the first time we went is not the actually participating in things, but pushing around that stroller and kind of being on the outskirts of it. Um, so this time I was like stroller free pretty much the entire time. And I got to chase, you know, after different events as, you know, freely as I could. One of the things we did different on this trip is we went down a different story path. We intentionally tried to go down a different story path. Let me yes. put it that way. Yes. So because we did that, we we built different costumes. Yep. And I think that was the thing is we knew dressing up, uh, we're part of the, the game. You know, we're part of the story. And I thought one of the best ways to, you know, hedge my bets to get that Jedi story was to dress more Jedi-like. Yep. And... So I, th this was the direction I was going in, kind of my, my mind as it's, as, uh, how it works. Uh, I wanted the, the layers, the cloaks, more, um, loose clothing. And I decided because I am my own character that I would disbound with like a Donald type character. Donald Duck, that Do is. Donald Duck. Yep. So I had like the kind of white under clothes and with blues and yellows and reds and then my second day my day two outfit was more mickey uh inspired where it was like more dark blacks uh still like a red some red in there and for the people watching you will have uh, a little side by side so you can see my day one day two but it, i think that's one of the fun things about again going to something like this is you could have a costume and kind of have fun with it and have your own character. Um, I know you went with more of uh, an Ahsoka vibe. Yeah, neither of us went full Jedi robes. I think that's just not like our vibes. And so while well, yours was more Cal, Kanan kind of Jedi, I went more Ahsoka inspired. And I, I leaned pretty heavily, heavy into the ah Ahsoka inspiration without doing like headpiece and everything like that. So I did a maroon outfit for the first day with some cutouts and some boots and a cool belt that you helped me make. And then on day two, I went with a Navy outfit and very similar, very similar silhouettes for both days. And then did some fun, like two braids in my hair with some blue running through it. And it was really fun. It was fun to do a completely different character in this, but we spent all that time building costumes. And then we <laughs> made like, to me, it was a snafu. It was a mistake on our part. But what happened is we didn't arrive in costume. We didn't. For Star Cruiser. We had intended, we had all intents. Intents? Yes. I think that's the right word. We had every intention of arriving in costume, but we did a Disney trip for a few days prior to going on Star Cruiser. And oh my goodness, Florida is so hot in it is. the beginning of August. Oh, it was so bad. Very hot. And so we didn't want to, you kind of pitched the idea halfway through our Disney trip. You're like, I don't know if I want to show up in my costume because your costume had lots of layers to it. Mm -hmm. And you were like, I don't want to stink <laughs> for the whole day. Well, I, I didn't want to be sweating before we even started. Right. And, and it's that's all fair. inside, but I didn't want to be sweating going in. Right. And that's fair. And honestly, it was kind of a good like test. Like, okay, what if you don't show up in costume? Because a lot of people will ask that question. What if you don't show up in costume and then when you get to your room, you get dressed then and then you go out and explore? Because it's minimal time. Yeah. That's what we were thinking. 
So we packed our costumes in our suitcases, gave our suitcases to Bell Services, and then they do a security check on your luggage and then bring it to your room. We got there before 1 p.m., which is the check-in time, so I thought plenty of time for them to bring it. Last time we went, our luggage was already in our room when we got there. So that's what we were thinking. We're like, all right, we'll show up in just some regular summer clothes, get to our room, our luggage will be there, we'll change, we'll go out and start having fun. And our luggage wasn't there. <laughs> and that was on us. We should have packed a bag and just had it with us. Yeah, I think that would be a recommendation. Like if you do decide to do that where you're going in regular clothes and going to change is take that outfit in a bag so you're able to quickly, you know, switch it over. Yeah. Because there was like two things. We didn't have our clothes, so we kind of were making the decision, well, let's, are we going to hide out in our room until... We get our stuff, and then we ended up saying, you know what, let's go eat. So we're eating in the Crown of Corellia without costumes. And for us, it felt we were, you know, underdressed. Yeah, yeah I'm in, like, cutoffs and sneakers, <laughs> like, nowhere near it, like, anything in the universe. So I was like, ugh. And, I mean, it's not a bad thing. If yeah. you don't want to dress up for it, you don't have to. It's not a requirement. But for us, having put so much work into our costumes to then show up and we're just in, like, regular clothes was like oh yeah I felt like that was a little it was like I'm not dressed yet <laughs> don't look at me <laughs> um so yeah I would next time and then it took us a little while to get dressed up because if you have like stuff with it and there's accessories yeah putting and, your accessories on making sure everything's fitting the way it, you know there is a time that if your luggage were to arrive even later it may start cutting into your time uh, and and if, for example, you bring something, because it's kind of like you're entering the park at that point. So if you bring large scissors and you didn't think about it, or like a screwdriver, I don't know what all is against the rules. I just try not to bring anything sharp. Yeah. They may go through your bag and hold it until you resolve that. And they say, hey, you can't bring this. Go put it in your car or we have to throw it away. Yeah. So like, I don't think we realized how risky we, how risky we had been. With doing it that way, I wouldn't do it again. Um, but yeah, that's, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> but we did go immediately into, after we decided, okay, we're not going to wait for our luggage. Let's go eat. It was kind of nice this time because we knew what foods we liked. And there they didn't change things up that I noticed necessarily. So we just knew, hey, we like these foods. Let's go eat the things we like. We didn't waste our time trying the things that we knew we didn't really want to eat. Yeah. Well, what we didn't notice any foods being changed differently or any, you know, changes, you know, significant changes to the food. Yeah. Uh, we did notice that they don't have the menus any longer. For so dinner. For dinner. Yeah. But the one thing that we did notice was there was changes to drinks. They had a couple new drinks. Mm -hmm. They had modifications to drinks, which I think that's something cool that, it means that it's they're evolving or they're they're yeah just evolving yeah. their drink selection um they're playing with it having fun with it because again there was like different options to drinks that you're able to kind of mix and match you know some of the items so i think that was pretty cool that it's not you know set in stone a certain way speaking of stones one of the new drinks is called the gem of ryloth yeah. huh? um and it was a really pretty drink. It's a layered drink. So it's got beautiful like pinks and purples and blues. And then it has this blue foam on top. Typically, it's non-alcoholic. 
But if you're, if you ask, they will put alcohol in it. I think I got mine alcoholic, right? Yeah, yeah. Pretty sure I did. It was good. It was a good drink. And then the other new drink that we got to to partake in is called the Crate Reactor. It is a four-person drink. Well, there are four drinks there. Or if you're two really ambitious people, then you could do Although that Although we weren't too ambitious, I don't think. I might have been too ambitious. <laughs> I'm a lightweight. I, that's what I learned on this Star Cruiser voyage is how much of a lightweight I am. <laughs> but it was really fun. They they If you order it in the Sublight Lounge, they bring out, they change the music, they bring it out, they make this big to-do of it, and they set it down, and it's literally like a reactor that they put on the table. It was metal. I don't know how exactly to describe it. We'll have a picture of it up on the YouTube video. But... It was an experience. It's and cool because it like lit up too. So yeah, you know, it's very like calls attention to it. So yeah, it was definitely not just a drink. It was a whole ordeal, if you will. Yeah, but that was a lot of fun. One one of the other new things that did come up with the drinks that it just came to mind is the Spirits of Adventure drink tasting, and we got to participate in that. So they had a non-alcoholic drink tasting before. I believe it's called the cantina chronicles but they've added it's a it's an additional fee they've added an alcoholic version and so we tried that out and that was really fun it takes place in the sublight lounge meanwhile while we were doing that our son was like sitting behind us at the sabak table just playing sabak and living his best little life because that's a, he loved the sabak yeah. table well i think going the second time he became really comfortable with the house down uh first First time he was a little bit timid, um, you know, going with the kids. And bef- the the initial time we went, there was a lot more kids. Yeah. This time there wasn't. I, I didn't. It didn't seem that there was as many kids no. at, at, around his age. Like maybe a, total. I think maybe there was like less than a dozen kids. So, but he felt comfortable enough to go start running around with them, and he had his uh, his iPod, his his phone. Yeah. And so he would mess. Yeah, he he would message or Facetime us whenever he wanted to. Oh, come check this out or whatever. But it was cool that he he kind of just felt comfortable running around doing his own little adventure. Right. And so we just kind of. Yeah, we encouraged that. Yeah. I mean, we would check on him, make sure he wasn't like bothering anybody or anything like that. And thankfully, he's he's a good kid. Like we didn't have to worry too much. But that was really nice. And so I think one of the big things we did on the first voyage is. We were following him around a lot and doing his story. Like he was really into the engineering, like Sammy's story. And so we followed that path. Whereas this time, I don't know what he did for some of the like storylines. <laughs> well, we when we asked him, he said he did a lot of stuff for the first order. Yeah. So, you know, who knows? He, he probably got uh, drafted or something. He drafted. Um, or, uh, who knows? But the other thing that we made a very conscious effort because on the episode our first episode where we were talking about bringing kids on Star Cruiser, we talked about what a hindrance it was to bring the stroller. And so I think that was like the, one of the biggest things that we tried to make sure we did going into this one was not to push the stroller around as much. And we didn't. Yeah. I mean, she, our, our daughter walked around a majority of the time. A majority of the time. If she was asleep, we didn't want to carry her because she could, can get pretty heavy. So we did bring the stroller out for those instances for nap times really but and then when we were on Batu, it's just a lot of walking yeah. in the heat but I tried like I said I tried to do more of the pushing of the stroller and the 
maintaining of the child because I wanted you to go out and do your story this yeah. time. And again, that was much appreciated. But how did that, how did the stroller, how was your experience with the stroller? Pushing a stroller around on Star Cruiser is not fun. There are stairs involved. And so you have to take the turbo lifts if you're trying to move between floors. And if we didn't experience it as much on this trip because of the story paths that we went through, but there are some times when you're trying to smuggle things from tight spots to tight spots and you're trying to move from one place to another and there's crowds of people. And if you have that stroller, that inhibits you. For Like for this one, I didn't, it wasn't too terrible, but it also was not my favorite. Um, during our bridge training, our daughter was asleep. And so I'm pushing her the stroller around while I'm doing the bridge training. Not a big deal. But then she starts to wake up right after training ends. And from bridge training, we went into a secret meeting in the engineering room. And because she woke up, I had to run back to the to our cabin and go put our stroller down and then go back in there. And they were like, what are you doing here? I was like, I know people in there. Let me in, please. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was kind of like a, I could have missed out on it because of the stroller, but I was kind of like, don't worry. I know people in there. <laughs> I well, and, and that kind of leads into this time around because I was so focused on that Jedi path because I wanted to experience just that Jedi storyline. Interactions or events that possibly popped up, I didn't, I didn't lose focus. I, I, I had certain you know, times that I was supposed to be doing Jedi things. And I, I stayed to the, those times. I didn't wander off because you can easily just get distracted and, and go to engineering room or to the bridge or doing something else because you see a character, you know, doing something. And this time I didn't feel that FOMO if like, if I was going to miss something because I kind of felt, okay, I think I did that last time. So I, I didn't worry about missing out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because you were so focused on the Jedi path, you really stuck to that. And I think this is very indicative to like who we are. We are like, <laughs> I'm just going to interact with these people over here. And I was like, let me make as many friends as possible. <laughs> and so I talked to so many characters. And I think what was so cool about that versus the last time is that on our first voyage, I felt like, I was doing a lot more on the data pad and a lot less in person. And that was one of kind of my, not frustrations with it, but it was just kind of like, oh, it would have been nice if I could have had more interactions. And I didn't even, I don't feel like I pushed interactions. I just felt like I was, I happened to be around when there were more interactions. I think hanging out in like the atrium and the sublight lounge gives you those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm trying to think if going in as a first timer, if you go in with the intent of I'm going just going to interact with characters and let it kind of take you, take this, let the story take you, does it change your data pad to interaction? Because like you said, I, I felt this time as well, I was interacting with characters more than I was on my data pad. Yeah. And I was, pretty much just checking my data pad to see times of when I'm supposed to meet at certain places. Right. It was more of just like, you know, I, an itinerary of that, but not really of, Oh, I've got to go do this. I've got to go do that. So I don't know if it's because of my storyline changed or, 
or what, but I did notice that this time around, I, I wasn't on my phone as much or yeah. on my data pad as much. But even, I don't know what triggers it. What triggers more in-person versus on the data pad? Because I felt like I talked to a bunch of people, a lot of characters, but then when it comes time to get your missions for Batu for day two, I had two. I did something for Sammy and then Croy asked me to do something for him and I didn't do it. So I just did the one thing for Sammy and then I rode the two rides as part of the mis- the story there and that was it. Yeah, I had completely new missions for Batu. But do you feel like you had the same amount? I feel I had more. Honestly. Really? Yeah. Like as compared to my first time, the first time, and, you know, if you're spoiler verse, you know, there, I guess there's talking about, you know, events, but I built the fake stone and that was it. Pretty much it. I think, oh, and I did a couple other things, but it just didn't feel as impactful Mm -hmm. as this time around. Uh, It made more sense as far as my mission. It might've been the exact same. I I don't know. It just, it felt like I was doing a lot more Yeah. uh, because I had that Jedi mission. So, but it, on, on Batu, I had more data pad stuff, but as far as on the Star Cruiser, I, I felt like I was not on my, my phone as much. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was on my phone on Batu. I didn't have any missions hardly on Batu, And then I just didn't have those interactions, but because of that, and because I had so many character interactions in person and face to face, I felt much more of a personal connection to each of the characters and that was really fun but what's beyond that is i know that you felt that way about characters too right yeah but so here's one of the things you went down the jedi path we both were trying to go down the jedi path i know you talk about it more we were both trying to go down it you went you got it and i didn't and i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> but we had multiple interactions with the saja on the second day with multiple saja on the second day And they would ask me, they would say, hey, what does your itinerary look like later? Basically asking me, am I in that last Jedi meeting, that big Jedi meeting at the end of the night? And I would show them my itinerary and I would say, no, I'm not, but Steven is. And they'd say, oh, okay, we'll just go with him. But I had, what, two or three different Saja ask me that? And I was like, okay. Yeah, it's one of those things that I don't even know still. And I don't know if I even want to, like how they figure who gets to attend what. Yeah. Um, But they kind of limited, like you got, you had it and I didn't. And so when you showed up for it and I was with you, they were like, oh, we don't see you on this meeting list. And I was like, oh yeah. You know, I talked to some Sasha. They were like, well, let me see what your itinerary looks like. And I showed them and I had a meeting for Croy. I don't know why Croy. I think because I was just, close I sat next to Croy at dinner the first night and I just had a lot of face-to-face interactions I I don't know if it's like a proximity thing or what but Croy kept asking me to do stuff for him and I just kept refusing to do it and I he had a secret you know he wanted me to be part of this meeting on night two at the same time that you were doing your Jedi thing and I was like well I don't want to I don't want to work with the first order I want to go do the Jedi thing and so they kind of they didn't give me a hard time but they were like are you sure you're not working for the first order? I was like, I promise I'm not. And so they, they switched it out. They actually took that meeting off the first order meeting and then replaced it with the, the Jedi one. But I thought that was interesting, even though we both tried to do the same thing. I, I think another, um, 
kind of display of us having more interactions and not the data pad is I remember you having a meeting with the captain on the bridge, but you got called into sublight by Sandra. It wasn't even me. It was our daughter (laughs) that was asked to write the, write a song with Sandra and Wani. And it was like five or 10 minutes until my meeting with the captain. And we stayed in there in the sublight lounge. We wrote this song for probably 20 minutes and I missed my meeting, but. And when we say writing a song, it was thinking of words that rhyme. Yeah. I mean, my songwriting (laughs) skills are not strong. So (laughs) there was a lot of handholding, but it was neat. You ended up coming in and sitting with us for part of it too. And what that song that we wrote together at, I think it was around like, I think the other person that was with us was missing dinner for it. So it was like around 530. That song was performed at the end of the night. Yeah. And it was the exact words. It was wild. Like, yeah. just how cool is that? That yeah, you the, get to shape a piece of it. Yeah, the, the level of improv on it was, was super cool. Yeah, I feel bad that I missed that meeting with the captain. But <laughs> at the same time, it's like you you have to pick, like, which one are you going to participate in? Yeah. And you kind of just like, well, this is the one that's in front of me right now. So let me just go with it. This being our second time going, do you think Star Cruiser lost its magic? Going back on Star Cruiser for a second time was even more magical than the first time experiencing it. I think just like with anything, the first time you experience it, you have a lot of, not anxiety, but anticipation for what to expect. There's a lot of unknown and it's incredible because you're experiencing these things for the first time and there's just this like, awe of everything that's going on and so going into this one I feared that that awe would be gone but it's not you know the things going into it a second time you know the things that you're really excited to see you know the general storyline but there was so much more to experience with this it was almost like what kind of movies are they like murder mystery movies maybe where you're watching it from one person's perspective And then you start the whole story over from somebody else's perspective. And you're like, what this is, is that the same story? Is this the same thing that's going on? That's what it felt like. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, there was an event that was happening in the atrium. Whereas the first time I was participating in it more. Yeah. And this time I wasn't, but I didn't know what was going on. It was just more of like a commotion. And I didn't catch on until like, it was kind of halfway through what was actually going on. Yeah. We were sitting there together and I think we were both just kind of like, we're like, Oh, that's weird that they're singing a song right now. And then we look over and something happens and we're like, Oh, this is that. Okay. It was, it's just, you are there and you're experiencing the same thing, but you're just looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely one of those things that it's, you get to experience it in a different way going again. Uh, I think it's one of those things also you have to, you have to go into it with this childlike wonderment. Uh, even the first time, you know, you have to want to play. If you're there to just kind of be a bump on a log, you're not going to enjoy it. But, you know, going the first time, enjoying it, having a great time, being immersed in it, going a second time, 
being immersed in it. But then now there was people that we saw experiencing it for the first time. And there was like that, that extra enjoyment for us. We're like, Oh, just wait till you get to this point. Like, wait till you see this, wait till you see that. So there was just like different types of excitement that goes into it. Um, so I think that's definitely one of those things that you have to kind of go in there wanting to play. And I think part of that is dressing up. Yeah. If you show up in costume, it signals to the other passengers, but also to the crew and the characters that you are here to participate and to have a good time. Yeah. And it just adds to it too. When you're in character and you're wearing you know, your costume and everything, you feel transformed. It's like Halloween when you wear your costume and you're like, <laughs> I am Spider-Man. This is great. That's the best way to experience it is to just go all in and just let go. I think that's the hardest part yeah. is like as an adult, we carry so many things with us mentally that we don't even think about. And it's just like just for two days, just let go. Just go have fun and just just play. Just be a kid again. Yeah. And it's it's beautiful. Um, yeah. And I think lastly, the characters and cast members make that experience the absolute best. Um, you know, time after time. And, you know, the fact that they do it day in and day out is incredible. It's this, I mean, you think about it, the story repeats itself every other day. Now it's not the exact same people working nonstop day after day, but they're giving a hundred percent of themselves. And that's just, how do they do that? How that must be exhausting yeah. and they do it and they, why do they do it? Because of the people that are coming. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that was kind of our experience is, you know, talking to the you know cast members. They love it as much as we do. Uh, they enjoy doing the stuff and, you know, participating and seeing people's costumes and, you know, seeing their their acting and their, you know, their story, hearing their stories. So it's like super cool because it is appreciated, you know, by the characters and I mean, or the, the cast members. But even that, the characters going this time. I was so dead set on a path that I was almost a little bit FOMO on going another path because the character, they, these, you know, actors, these characters, they draw you in Ugh, so much and uh, you just kind of get, you know, you gravitate towards them. And, you know, even me, I ca call myself giggling and, and laughing because it was just so funny and, and awkward and, uh, you know, it again, made you feel like a kid. Yeah. Well, I mean, I kept getting all of these like missions and things to do for the first order and I kept not doing them every time. I was like, should I? Because <laughs> our Lieutenant Croy was just, he was a lot of fun. Yeah. Our, our Croy on the first one was a lot of fun too, but the characters, they bring themselves into the role and it's fun to see the little different ways that each of them play. Yeah. So we had some of the same cast this time. We had some, of, we had different ones and it was fun to see you know, it was fun to see this, the same cast do the same role again, but it's a little different. It's not the exact same every time. Yeah. And then the new, not new, but the other cast doing their, their take on it. We're like, oh, that's a different take on this. There were some things that were kind of shocking to yeah. us, but they are, to quote the new enchantment fireworks, they are the magic. <laughs> <laughs> but truly, like the cast, all of them. The crew members that work there, the cast members, they bring so much of themselves into this and they are what makes it truly magical. And not just the people that 
you interact with when you're on the ship. It's the people behind the scenes that are doing things too, that are making literal magic happen in front of your eyes. How much effort has to go into, you and I tried to go the same path. You had a different path and I had a different path. And there's hundreds of people on the ship that are having different experiences. So many people's hands and effort go into that. And it is absolutely incredible to me that it works as beautifully as it does. Yes. So, and I appreciate them. Yes. All we of, appreciate all you. Yes. We appreciate you so much. <laughs> and, but yeah, star cruiser. Could, I don't think it could ever lose its magic. Yeah. I mean, we, we had a great time and we've, we've talked to people that have gone more times than us. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it, it clearly doesn't lose its luster. Um, when it does, we'll tell you, we'll let you know. It won't happen. <laughs> I don't think it'll happen. It's just, it's, it's the best. One last question to wrap up though. On our first voyage, afterwards, we got into a little bit of a funk of like, we're so sad it's over. Like it was so magical and now it's done. How do you feel about it the second time? For me, I did miss it more the second time than I did the first time. Really? Yes. I think maybe because I had my story, it was more my story that I directed and I you know, led my path that I was a little bit more bummed. Now I didn't have anybody else to, you know, cry with. I'm always (laughs) down to cry. Don't worry. (laughs) But it was, you know, I was definitely more bummed because I was like, I wanted it to continue. I was a little upset, but, um, but yeah, it was, I, I definitely had a great time this, this time. And I, again, I think it was because I, I led the story and it was my path. I chose where we went. Whereas the first time it was more following along maybe our son, like an evolution of our son and my path yeah. type of thing. What um, about you? It was this time it was a little easier to leave. Now that said, the first time it was really hard to leave because we had made so many friends online that we met for the first time on Star Cruiser. And so we were saying goodbye to this experience we had anticipated for so long that just knocked me off my feet. It was so good. But then I was also having to say goodbye to like my internet friends that I just hung out with in person for the last two days. And so I feel like there was extra emotion around leaving. And it was like, you just don't want that moment to end. With this one, because we were fortunate enough to go back, I kind of anticipated what those feelings were going to be like. But leaving at the end of it was, it was almost like a, we don't know when we'll be back, but it was more of like a, this isn't goodbye, it's see you later. Whereas the first one, I felt like we were saying goodbye to Star Cruiser forever. Not knowing when we <laughs> Not were going to. knowing when we would go back. And this one, it was like, okay, we'll, we'll be back. Whenever we can make it happen again, we will be back. And, but that said, I was okay. I was cool with coming home. As the weeks have gone on, I miss it more and more and more and more. And it's, it's getting to the point where I felt like I did the days after I left the first time. <laughs> where it's just like, it's. I can't believe it exists and I can't believe I can't live there. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how I feel about it. <laughs> but I think that about wraps up this conversation. So thank you so much for tuning in for this episode and hanging out with us. If you are thinking about going back on Star Cruiser, um, tell us what you're looking forward to most. We, I think we're shocked by some of the things that we experienced this time versus the first time. Yeah. I think it was it's a new experience every time. So let us know what you're looking forward to. 
Princess and Scoundrel is part of the Thank the Maker network. So if you're looking for more Star Wars content, make sure you check out the guys at Thank the Maker. And season two of Armor Party's out. So go check out Mike Forrester over there. It's about time, Mike. <laughs> All right, until next time. 